Welcome to the Credible Brand Podcast. I'm your host and author of the Amazon number one best-selling book, The Credible Brand, the fastest way to capture attention, establish trust, and generate leads for your business, Lindsay Wigfield. This week's guest is a wedding planner in the DC area, and she started her business back in 2018 by first planning her mother's wedding, which was quite an honor for her. She then worked with other event planners in the area so that she could learn more about how to run a business before completely going out on her own. And now she's returning the favor by living the mantra collaboration over competition, and coaching the next generation of event planners. Celebrating the five-year anniversary of her business, Grace and Virtue Events, please welcome Katherine Carter. Hi, Catherine. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited too. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into event planning. Yes. So my business started in August of 2018, and I actually started because I did my mom's wedding. So that was how I knew I could do weddings. So I have a 15-year career in special education. I did planning in my job. So I was planning events for kids, taking them on field trips, doing planning in my like day-to-day job. So when I actually did my mom's wedding, it was kind of like, I got this. I can do that. Oh, we need a cake? Check. DJ? Check. And it really, one, was an honor to even get to do that for my mom and my stepdad. But just some, realized that I could have that skill. And, and it was something that I was truly passionate about. In 2018, I was actually thinking, like, maybe one day I'll start a business. You know, I had done events on and off for, like, family and friends and church and different things, but never really was confident enough to go out and be on my own. I think I had a light bulb moment with my nine-to-five job and realized, you know what, I want to do something more. I want to be more creative. And I also want to manage my time myself. That was something that I knew going into that I wanted. And I really thought, oh, I'm going to do both, right? Like I'm going to have this side gig. It's going to be just something I do on the weekends or something on the side. And when I started it, I actually was working for other planners to support them, assist them, just kind of really build a foundation of like what is going on in the events world. It's its whole industry. It's got its own things. And I really wanted to build the foundation of like educating myself and learning that. So the first few years of the business, I was doing that. But it really was a full-fledged business. Like it didn't become a side gig like I thought it was going to be and really just became a full-fledged business. And I thought, oh, when my business is like six seven years old, you know, then I'll leave my nine to five. And turns out I I left a little earlier than that. (laughs) How did you know that this was a full-time thing for you? I don't know that I knew it off the top, but I definitely was putting more time into it when I wasn't doing my nine to five. I was living, eating, breathing, sleeping my business. Um, And so I knew that I just, I wanted to do it more as much as I possibly could. Any free time I had, I wanted in this other business. Yeah, that was me too. I started with freelancing and was doing it after work hours. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, man, I'm working full time, eating dinner and then getting back to work. Mm -hmm. Like, I think I should probably explore the option of diving into my freelance work full time and seeing if I can make a business out of that. Right. Yeah. The events industry is typically a weekend industry, right? Like your events are typically happening on a weekend weekends, if they're social celebrations, weddings, birthday parties, dinners like that. The corporate side, sometimes they're during the week, sometimes they're on the weekend. It's usually a mix of both. But I really kind of thought I want to put more time into this. And with my nine to five on my plate, I was doing both at the same time, which was challenging and interesting. But COVID came and people have mixed feelings about COVID. But I'm like, thankfully, it did come. I was able to really be full time in both. Like I had two full time jobs. 
What was that like? Were you on your own during COVID or were you still doing this sort of like apprenticeship sort of thing with other event planners? During COVID, it was a mix of both. Like in the beginning of COVID, I had other events that I was supporting because in the beginning, everyone was shut down. Like no one was doing anything. And then I want to say towards the end of 2020, people were still having celebrations, but doing it on a more smaller scale. I had a few of my contract jobs and a few of my own clients that I had. So it was a little bit of both. But I think as time went on, as we got further and further away of everyone being, you know, so sick and impacted by it, that as we moved out of that era a little bit, it became full time of like clients being on the books more consistently. And they were mostly my jobs towards the end. What would you say is different now from when you started your business five years ago in the sense of capturing leads or lead generation? In the beginning, I fully relied on referrals. And of course, if you don't know anyone, it's hard to get referrals. Um, So I really relied on building relationships in the beginning. Um, So I would say my first two and a half years and starting in 2018, leading it to COVID, I didn't have any of my own clients at first. So booking leads was not something, I would say that's different. Now I book more consistent leads. I worked on my SEO. I'm you know, so from the Google front, I got more leads. And then also from my connections, like from building relationships, from reaching out to my networks, I'm getting more referrals in that sense. And then I do use um, one lead generation program now, which I didn't in the beginning. Is that when you say a lead generation program, does that keep track of leads or it helps you find leads in the wedding industry? In the wedding industry and it um, promotes, it gives us client leads. So the client fills out the form, we get con- we get the information and then we follow up. Gotcha. Do you have someone else who helps you with this event or, or all these events that are on your calendar or is that in your future plans to have some help? So I am a solopreneur. I work mainly by myself, but a lot of that is with planning, the behind the scenes in the business, all of that. On day of for client events, I work with other planners that own their own businesses. So we all support each other on day of. So they will, you know, as long as they have that date available, they'll support me and vice versa. I still contract myself out for other clients and then, you know, for other planners. I think that I would like to continue to use 1099s and remain a business that uses contractors. I want to promote other people having their own business. I think having employees is a huge responsibility. I don't take that lightly. And I think for me, the way I want to run my business, I think I want to stay that way and run and use 1099 contractors. I know for some businesses, having employees is essential. And I think for me, I think I have that flexibility where I can continue to kind of work by myself, do a lot of the behind the scenes, work one-on-one with my clients, the planning, doing all of that, you know, just one-on-one. And then day of, I do use other planners. I usually bring two other planners with me. That sounds really smart as backup, like just in case you get sick too, that somebody else knows the way that you work and can step in if God forbid something happens. And we all use similar systems, like planning systems. They know, and I'm like, if I could give, give, they have access to it. Like it's, it's a built in plan B and C, right? Like God forbid something happens to me. My client does not suffer. They don't have to find a new planner. They have two planners that will execute. What I also like about the wedding planning industry or I guess event planning industry is that because it's local and you're 
competition isn't necessarily somebody in another state or maybe you focus on different events or you have different styles or something. Everyone just seems to be so collaborative and sharing information. And I noticed you're, you do a lot of volunteering, including you're the membership chair and secretary for the Association of Wedding Professionals. How do you feel like this volunteering impacts your business? I believe it's community over, over competition, right? It's collaboration. It's uh, working together. I believe there's enough work on this earth for everybody. We all have different skill sets. We all have different preferences and ways of working with our clients that I think there's somebody for everybody. And I, I think being part of um, AWP, the Association of Wedding Planners, I'm, I'm not in that role anymore. Um, that was a role that ended a couple of years ago. But in my role as young professionals chair for the chamber, I think building community is so important, right? Like we're all in our businesses and we think sometimes like, oh, I'm in this by myself. No one understands, <laughs> you know, this thing happened. But I was just having, you know, a planning meeting with another colleague a few weeks ago. We were talking about the same thing. I'm like, you did that too? You went through that too? You felt that way too? And it, it just is so reassuring sometimes to know that you're not in it alone and that someone else can relate to you. And you can share ideas, you can build that like community. Like it's so important to me. And I think volunteering, like I always want to be the person that's a resource to somebody else. Being able to share information, like when I didn't know when I started, I wish someone had told me, I'm happy to be that for somebody else. Because I did feel like in the beginning that wasn't as readily available to me or accessible to me. Um, and I definitely want to be like, hey, if you know somebody starting, like, hey, I'll give you what I whatever I know. You can take it or leave it, but I'm happy to share. Um, I think that's where I am with that. <laughs> so diving into social media, what I love about your social media is the content about the content that involves partnerships. It's relevant partnerships. And what I mean by that is you have like an Instagram reel where you're changing the plates and the napkins on a table setting to kind of experiment with what looks best and trying things around. And this is in a showroom that mm -hmm. I believe is located in Rockville, right? Yeah, and then you have select, another yeah. Instagram reel where you're showing off this um, coffee house that is not typically a place that you would think of as a place to host an event, um, but it would work for a corporate event or maybe even if, you know, something in the wedding industry, um, depending on the the couple. Yeah. Um, they actually these... do weddings there too, so. Nice. <laughs> you love so, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So these are both like interesting reels provide value to your audience because it's something that you don't necessarily know about. Like, I don't know, if I'm a bride, I don't know that you have a showroom that I can go to and kind of experiment with different napkins and table settings and stuff and see what I like. I don't know that this coffee house also offers events. It's just, it's really creative. And I, I, I like that aspect yeah. of this like relevant partnership content. No, thank you. If you look at your social media strategy, what is your preferred channel and how does social media help you with your business? That's a complex question, right? Like it has so many like branches. What's that TV show Loki? And they talk about like all the extended branches and stuff. But I, I mean, I, I think it's important to show like the partnerships and the relationships that I'm building, right? To give value to clients and to be able to educate them and kind of share, you know, my personal belief is your event is your event. And yes, there's a traditional like wedding traditions and event traditions. And my personal belief is you don't have to do 
any of those things if you don't want to. You get to do whatever it is and celebrate however you want. And as much as I want to be a resource to my clients and kind of share different things with them, I also want to educate them and kind of say and be their guide and be creative with them. Like, oh, you really love coffee? Like, let's have your rehearsal dinner at this really cool coffee shop, right? Like you can have your nighttime espresso and all, you know, all these different things. Like I want to be able to bring your uniqueness or your celebration, a unique aspect to it. And I think that plays a part in building my relationship with my client, getting to know them um, and being able to kind of share my network with them. Um, As far as my social media strategy and how it supports my business, it's an extension of building those relationships. It's communicating with them and kind of getting to share things on a personal level. Um, Sometimes in my stories, I'll, you know, share about my family or I'll share about like, Hey, this, this is really cool thing I did. I think it's an opportunity and a platform people for people to get to know me as owner of Grace and Virtue events, but it's also to just to get to know me as Catherine, right? My primary, I guess, platform, I guess I would say is Instagram, but I try to use Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Pinterest, relatively. <laughs> it's hard to keep up with all of them, right? Like if you're a business owner of one, it's, it's not easy. Um, so using a tool that, you know, if you create it, you put it on one, it kind of blasts it to the others. Like that's helpful. Or, you know, I, I, I try to say I'm doing better with capturing photos and videos. Like I'm, I'm the behind the scenes person. My job is to make sure that all of the, the logistics and the orchestrating of the chaos, the managed chaos that's happening behind the scenes. My job is to make that look seamless. And for whatever is happening behind the scenes for my clients, not to know, right. What's going on. I'm, I'm taking care of that. So I'm, typically the behind the scenes person. And my goal for this year was to be more involved in my social media marketing plan and kind of show more video, show my face a little bit more. I want to be relatable to people and I want people to know that like, hey, I'm a business of one, but a lot's going on over here. (laughs) Yeah, it does look like your LinkedIn has a lot of traction too. And Mm -hmm. you post similar content. It's not Mm -hmm you know, completely identical. It might be worded slightly different. Do you feel like posting on LinkedIn has gotten you more traction in corporate events? I'm hoping that it does. I don't think it has yet. That's something that I just started recently. Um, I'm hoping. So my LinkedIn, my personal, I guess my personal page, and then my business page is linked, but I try to put more planning tips, more uh, corporate information on that platform than I would on like my other platforms, Instagram and Facebook, just because I'm talking to a different audience. They may know someone that's getting married or they may know someone that's having a birthday celebration, but for the most part, they're networking and they're communicating about business. Um, So I'm trying to channel that a little bit more. I'm hoping that it leads to more clients and more referrals and stuff like that. That's that's part of the plan. I hope so too. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, at the time that we're recording this, it's January. A lot of businesses either already have or maybe plan to host a kickoff meeting for the year to get everyone excited about 2024 and the business goals and sales goals and all of that. What advice do you have for a business owner or marketing event planner that is planning a corporate event like this? Let's have a meeting. And let's talk about what your year looks like, right? Like, what are your goals? Like, one of my methods for discussion with companies that are considering 
events is let's include it as part of your event strategy, right? Like you have a business plan, you have a marketing strategy, you have a sales strategy. What's your event strategy? And part of that is figuring out what are milestones, goals, whatever it may be. Let's figure out, let's put them on a calendar. Is that happening in Q1? Is it happening in Q2, three or four? What are the things that are happening that you want to celebrate so that it's not, you know, waiting until like, oh, it's November and we want to have a gala in December. Well, yes, I can do that, but it will not be I would not have known your event strategy, right? It would, at that point, it would just be, okay, let's plan a gala. I can do it, but I would prefer to kind of meet with you kind of early on and say, okay, what's your goal for Q2, Q3, Q4, and kind of figuring out what are the smaller things that we can lead. I talked to a company that wanted to have a gala and they're kind of new in the business. And it's like, that's great. I'm really glad that you want to have a gala, but let's talk about why you want to have a gala. And there were some certain things that came up that I was like, let's have the gala be our end goal, but what are like two or three things that we can do right now? Well, you could have a coffee breakfast because this was part of your strategy or this was part of your intent and thought and connecting with those people right now versus waiting until you have a gala makes more sense, right? Like, let's build that relationship and let's build these events. So as part of like company's event strategy, you don't have to just build up and have that gala. You can have, you know, those corporate lunches or staff meetings or or client celebrations, whatever those things are. And so I think putting that into conversations early on is the best thing you can do. Very true. I always love good strategy yeah. and a purpose for events. Yeah. I'm like, we have sales strategies. We have all these other, I'm like, why is there not an event strategy? So that's something that I, I hope that in part of my social marketing plan that I want to put out there a little bit more, especially on LinkedIn to kind of talk to some of these businesses about, I love that you're goal oriented. I love that you have these like foreshadowing of goals and things that you want to do. Like everyone's got a smart goal, right? Like let's build one for your event strategy. So after they have a strategy, what are some tips for having a creative event and making sure that everyone who attends has a good time? Be flexible, right? Like I love having like a planning meeting where we talk about like what their goal is and like how we can celebrate this event. Sometimes it comes down to like, what do you want to do to engage your guests right? Like, do you want the sit down seated dinner or do you want like the cocktail style? So we'll talk through different scenarios of how they want the event to look and then talk about like your entertainment. Are you having a DJ? Are you having an MC? What type of event is it so that we can figure out like there are little things that we can do along the way to kind of entertain and engage your guests and and allow for them to have a really good time. If it's a cocktail style event, you know, you're not having that like seated dinners, more past apps and, and beverages and stuff like that. Have a, a magician or a mentalist that's perusing the crowd that's like engaging your guests. Like guests are going to have a really good time with that, right? Uh, we know a lot of like corporate events have like corporate parties and galas and things like that. How do you want that structured? Is it sit down? And then if it is sit down, what are the things that we're doing during during that program? Are you having a program or is it just a free-for-all? Everyone just sits and network. Kind of figuring out what are the little things that we can do. But like being flexible, I think, allows for me to be able to bring in my expertise and suggest things and recommend things that some people wouldn't have thought of. 
So Catherine, how can people listening work with you, especially if you're located in the DC area or the different ways they can work with you? Yeah. So reach out to me. I'm happy to kind of talk through any ideas. My email is a great way. Um, a lot of people have contacted me through social media. So messaging me, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, any of those platforms are fine. Or, you know, directly on my website, there's a contact form that gives me a little bit more information that allows me that when I respond, I can have strategic and pointed questions to get back to you with. Excellent. Thank you, Catherine from Grace and Virtue Events for joining me today. And how can people find you on social media? What's your handle? It is at Grace and Virtue Events on most handles on X, Twitter. I believe it's Grace and Virtue underscore. Excellent. Thank you so much. It was a joy talking to you today. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Credible Brand Podcast. Please visit wigfieldco.com. That's W-I-G-F-I-E-L-D-C-O.com. From there, get links and show notes pertaining to this episode. Send us an email at info at wigfieldco.com if you'd like to be a guest on a future show. 